welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 140, Interviewing a Turkey Hunting Outfitter. And I am your host and the guy who is in the throes of a busy week. Since I last talked to you guys, I have been busy doing some bush hogging, which has been a whole ordeal in and of itself to even get that done with the rain that we've been having and with yours truly losing the keys to the tractor. In my truck, by the way, I lost the keys to the tractor in my truck. But I found the keys to the tractor only after I bought new keys off of eBay, and guess where the keys to the tractor that were lost in my truck were? They were exactly where I put them. They were exactly in the exact same spot in the exact same cup holder in my truck that I put the keys after I used the tractor the last time. I call myself a hunter, huh? And after looking in that same cup holder, seriously, 10 times, at least 10 times for the keys to the tractor. They were not there. But all of a sudden, after the package comes in from eBay with two new tractor keys, I throw the new keys in the same cup holder where I kept the old tractor keys. And that's when I made the discovery. All is good, though. The bush hogging is done. I have a new spare set of tractor keys. This past week, I have been trapping chipmunks in my yard. I am sick of them tearing up my garden and my flower pots, and I'm tired of the chipmunks. I have also destroyed, completely destroyed my front yard. I have torn out all of the bushes in front of my house, and this hurt my feelings, but I had to cut down about a 20-foot-tall pink dogwood that has probably been in front of my house ever since it was built almost 30 years ago. But it had to go. It's not going to fit into the new landscape plan that I have drawn up that if the rain will ever stop for any length of time, I should be able to get completed. And this week, I also started a bone broth fast. So the wife said I was getting a little gassy. (laughs) Just kidding. My wife actually started 
a bone broth fast herself and because she's on it and because she does the cooking in the house and because I don't want her to cook for me while she's doing any kind of a fast or any kind of a diet or anything like that, I will always try to do whatever it is that she does food-wise. So I started the bone broth fast, oh, couple of days ago and have another couple of days to go so I'm pretty sure I can survive it. So it's probably a good thing that I've had a busy week this week because we've got some time, some time before the magic part of the year. We are 259 days, 7 hours, 58 minutes and 27 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. In addition to all of the things that I told you that I've been doing this week, I also began the process of interviewing outfitters for my 2018 out-of-state spring turkey hunt with my buddies Chip, Brian, and John. Now you may remember that we almost unanimously picked Washington and Idaho this year for our out-of-state trip to try to mark off another couple of states from our list in our quest to complete the super slam of killing a turkey in every state. Now, one of us actually picked Washington and Oregon, so we went with the majority rule, of course, and we ended up with Washington and Idaho, and I think we're going to try to save Oregon for California to pair that one up with California. Now, we also have almost proven that we really need to go on outfitted hunts on these trips, primarily due to limited time afield scouting on these new public properties, new to us anyway. Now we can do a lot of scouting online on Google Earth. We can do a lot of scouting by calling people who hunt those areas, whether that's the wildlife biologist or the NWTF wild turkey biologist for that state or by calling local chapters of the NWTF in those areas. So what we've discovered is this. Finding one or two birds who want to play ball on a three-day hunting trip on new territory is challenging enough. It's doable, very doable, and we've done it numerous times. We don't need one or two birds. We need at least four birds. And as you all know, if we find four birds and there are four shooters, the chances of us each killing a turkey is not real good because not all four of those birds are going to want to play ball. So we have to find more than four birds. We may have to find 12 or 16 or 20 birds before we can actually have enough success to take four turkeys. And we just realized that with the amount of time that we have to put in on these trips, and we're trying to do multiple states in roughly a week, there's just not enough time to get out and scout on these public properties and kill four birds. So even though I really enjoy the challenge of hunting unguided turkeys on public ground, shoot, I enjoy the challenge of hunting unguided turkeys on private ground, I have conceded that hunting private ground and being pointed in the direction of birds by a ranch owner, a farmhand, or an outfitter is much more conducive to increased odds of harvesting four gobblers in a three-day period of time in each state. 
With all that said, I'm pretty sure that I can get my fix of that unguided public land challenge hunting closer to home instead of 2,000 miles away from home on limited funds and more importantly, limited time. So we are 90% likely to hunt with outfitters in Idaho and Washington this coming spring. And I've split the job of interviewing outfitters in those two states with my buddy Chip. I took Idaho and he took Washington. So this week I've been on the phone with several outfitters in Idaho to pick their brains about their operations and accommodations. Now I've recorded those interviews because it's what I do. I actually record almost all of my phone calls. And I have one interview that I want to share with you guys today. Now I've edited out the name of the outfitter and operation to protect the innocent. Even though there really is no need to protect him, as he's not told me anything that scared me into thinking that I don't want to hire him. So yes, the interview went well, and it was really just the first of a couple of interviews that our group will have with him and the other outfitters that I haven't weeded out before we may book a hunt with him. There's still some unasked and unanswered questions that I need to know before we book, like, stressing to him that we do not and will not hunt out of blinds all day long. Now, I know that's not a question. It'll be formed into a question, but discussing hunting styles with an outfitter is extremely important when choosing who to hunt with. But this interview that I'm going to play for you guys is a very good start and, I think, a very good example of how you guys may want to conduct an initial interview with an outfitter. I do have a list of 45 questions to ask an outfitter before booking a hunt, and that list is available to you guys, and I'll let you know how to get that list after the interview. So, let's jump into my interview with an outfitter prospect, and I'll see you guys on the other side. This is Andy. Hey, Andy. This is... How are you today? Hey there. Got your message on the turkey hunts yesterday? Yes, sir. Give you a little background on what we're trying to do. Oh, um, so, Sorry, your phone's cutting out pretty bad there. Eh? Okay, yeah, let me get outside here. Okay, got you a little better there already. Okay, I don't know what the deal is, but Verizon's, I guess, decided to work on the <laughs> cell towers right around my house, so I no longer have coverage in my home office. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, I can hear you pretty good now. So wherever you're out there, you're you're pretty good. Yeah, I'll stand out here in the heat and humidity and chat with you. Yeah, there you go. That'll that'll help you a lot. Uh, absolutely. So, me and three buddies from college are in the process of trying to complete our super slam and kill a turkey in every state. And so gotcha. we have gotten a, quite a few of them knocked off the list but one of the things that we've realized is that even though hunting public land out west is good when we go on these trips we don't have the time to devote to spend three or four days to scout to find four birds so gotcha. you know if it was just one or two of us probably a, a much easier task but finding four birds on on public land is a little bit more difficult okay. so we have pretty well decided that you know, from here on out, we we at least want to use outfitters. We don't necessarily have to hunt private land, but, you know, that's that's a plus. But we at least want to use outfitters that can point us in the direction of birds. We don't necessarily need to be guided. All these guys are, are very experienced turkey hunters and have killed, you know, I'd say probably close to 100 turkeys each. Wow. But 
this year we're going to Idaho and Washington and are looking for an outfitter in Idaho to help us out and put us on some birds and you know we don't don't necessarily need somebody to call for us but you know I'm not saying somebody won't uh, yeah knock a call out of a god's hand but <laughs> yeah uh, I got you no, I know what you mean okay yeah so yeah. Well, we're looking at probably 3 or 4 days I'd say preferably 3 days and we're looking at that May 18 through 26 week, and I'm not sure if we would go to Idaho first or Washington first, but your season in Idaho typically runs out about the 25th, doesn't it? Yeah, yep, it goes to the 25th, Okay. and we have a couple different properties that we lease. It's all private land stuff, you know. 18th, I mean, if that's your time frame, that's, that's okay. I would rather you come in a little earlier if you could. If you can't, I understand, you know, if you've got schedules to work around and all that. Okay. Just by then, you know, most stuff to hunt it a little bit because we start, we, we, we have, like I said, we have two ranches. Our branch, we start earlier. A little lower country. We start there on the 15th of April, mm-hmm. and we run that up till about the 1st of May. And then we switch gears and go down to our ranch which is a little higher country it's a lot bigger about almost 20,000 acres so it's pretty big yeah we start hunting there that first week of may and that's what i was kind of kind of leaning towards since you know with Floria, i want to make sure we get at least four opportunities you know one for yeah. everybody or hopefully a bird for everybody you know but I, like i said i understand if that if that's your time frame that you got no no wiggle room then that that's what we'll work with you know yeah, yeah. one of the guys i think has a trip planned out of town that second week of may and what we've done in the past is anytime we would go out west or north, which is pretty easy to do, go north from Alabama, but we would typically go that the start of that second week. So I think running sometime in that second week, one of the guys is, has either a work trip or a family trip planned, and, and that probably is going to knock us out of being able to go that week. But how many hunters do you normally take in a season? Well, you know, that's, that's, that's why we try to break it up into two ranches. Each ranch, you know, we'll take 10, 12 guys total, you know, each one. Okay. So we're not going to hammer it, you know what I mean? I mean, we're, I was trying to think if the 18th is as close as early as you guys could do, you know, you would probably be coming in toward the end, unfortunately. And yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a bad thing or not because a lot of times it depends on the weather and depends on a few things, but we would usually start hunting that ranch earlier, like like I said, like that first week of May. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just want to be up front with you. Yeah. Probably be coming in towards the end of the stretch there. We usually don't take a lot of turkey hunters after like the 15th, and that's just because, in general, all around here, the turkey hunting kind of turns off. Okay. It's not as good earlier, as later. And then because it's been hunted, because the weather's warmer, the birds have all done their thing, you know, they're not, they're not as available to hunt. You know, they're not going to call as easily. They're not going to, you know, it's like hunting things after the rut. So, you know what I mean? It's sure. just a little bit tougher, you know. Yeah. Uh, that that's all, you know. Um, hey, Andy, I'm getting another call. Can I just see who it is real quick? Sure, so, yeah. Can I, no I'll problem. drive back with you. Okay. Just one second. Thank you. Yeah, Andy, still there? Yes, sir. I'm sorry about that. It's okay. All our draws came out this morning, so I've been kind of frantically oh. trying to check about 50 of them, and that was one of the guys I was just wanting to make sure I didn't miss them. Yeah. Anyways, what I was getting at there is it, it may not be the best time, you know, but it right. may be okay. But for getting four birds, I would just 
I want to make sure you're going to come all the way out here in the right time. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, and I don't want to like shy away from it, but I just, I like to, you know, be up front because I just, I don't know if I would feel great about that time. I mean, at least for us, you know, but I think most places you're going to find it's going to be kind of hunted pretty hard by then. Right. Yeah. And one thing that we've noticed in traveling around is that when we go to these different parts of the country, you know, people will tell us, uh, you know, early early season is better, you know, come earlier, that kind of thing. And, and I think most of these guys had the mindset of, okay, I'll take a pressured bird that doesn't have any hens over an unpressured bird that does have hens. And so I think that's really kind of our attitude in, in approaching these hunts. And, you know, we know we're going we're gonna to have to work a little bit harder to find a bird that's willing to play. But when we find one that's willing to play, it's, it's going to just about run you over to get there. But you know that area, you know the turkeys in that area much better than I do or any of us do. And like I said, we normally have gone on these trips 10 to 14 days earlier than what we're talking about going this year. I'm not saying that we're dead set on our dates because I don't think we are, but that's something that we at least need to take a look at and consider. Yeah, well... It's not exactly good business practice to turn people down <laughs> for me. You know what I mean? But what I look at is I just, we could probably get one or two then. Yeah. And it does help that you guys are experienced turkey because we get a lot of guys that have no clue how to turkey hunt, you know, and they come around and they, they'll chase birds around, they'll miss, they'll get close and spook them a bunch and they, they think that they're hunting like a deer or something. Right. Uh, they're not used to turkey hunting. Not many folks are really. Um, so that helped. That puts you guys way ahead in that curve. Just so you guys probably do better than most. But, you know, just from like how we operate our camps, because see, we, we usually leave like that first 10, 12 days of May open just for turkey hunting at that ranch. And then we shift gears and we do bear and turkey combo hunts right. from like May 10th or 12th through the end of the month. And so camp gets a little more saturated with other hunters. And then I have a harder time just having, like usually what we do for turkey is we just have like one group at a time. We don't usually do a group of four turkey hunters and a group of four, you know, that would just be too much. So we, it's just one of those things where I would, I'd rather have just you guys in at like the right time, you know, for us especially. Yeah. So if you guys had anything between April 15th and like May 10th, that would be phenomenal. That would be like perfect. And you guys would, I think, score four for four then, you know, I just want to make sure it's done right for you. You know, I don't want to just cram you in and not have them all this way and not have work out. Yeah. Well, and that was going to be my question to you is what would, what dates would you recommend? So if you had to handpick three or four days and I know nothing when we when we come to talking wild turkeys, nothing is 100%. What three or four days would you pick out of all of the days that, that are open? You know, we're pretty open from that 15th opener on to the end of April. That opener is tough to beat. I mean, there's a lot of times where they're getting a couple of birds that first morning because they're just so dumb. They're unpressured. That's what I would naturally look at. I mean, it's just like any season opening day is generally good. <laughs> now, that doesn't take into account the fact we may have a terrain or we may have some just crap weather for a few days. And that can happen, but that can happen anywhere all spring. Or our weather doesn't usually straighten out here until like now, like middle of June. Yeah. So anytime in there you can find yourself with not snow necessarily, but you can wake up this crud weather and have it slow things down for a day or two. But if you had three or four days there early, that mid-April, that would be just awesome. Now, like I said, I understand it'd be hard to get all four guys on board for that and everything, but 
that's what I would highly recommend, especially since you're coming this far. You kind of get four birds. If you were just looking at one or two, that would change things. It'd be a little easier, but four, it's a lot of killing to do in three or four days. You know, you got to make sure you're, you're getting hopefully at least one a day. And so I just want to make sure it's done right for you. You're coming yeah. all this way, hopefully only having to do it once. Because even if you only get three, then still one guy's got to, you know. That's exactly right. We gotta try back. to do it again. You know, it's a lot yeah. of big or- ordeal to come all this way. So yeah, I would a, like to get rent. you guys in prime dates, especially the first we're wide open. Our schedule is wide open right now. Yeah. Well, that's why I like to generally start this time of year because most people are thinking about deer. They're thinking about elk. They're thinking about you know, whatever else they've got going on in the fall, and they're not really thinking about turkeys at this point. So I like to kind of get yep. started this time of year. So, all right. What, as far as accommodations, what do you what do you guys have? How do y'all typically have your setup for your ranches? Yeah, so if you have been on our website, you might have seen we have pictures of the ranches and the lodging on there. If you're going to go in April, it would be our ranch, um, which is it's smaller. It's like 3,500 acres, so it's still pretty good size, but it has a really high bird population, and it's really good early. It's really good at first clip there for about two, two and a half weeks here. It's really hot, and there's birds all over. I mean, we'll we'll be seeing tons and tons. I mean, there were days they were seeing 10, 12 gobblers, so it's a, it's a good early season spot. And so that's the place I would, you know, look at. And it's just like a big house. It's a two-story house, got a couple bedrooms, not a real big camp, but it can handle four guys comfortably. We would have a cook, pretty much like a like a normal hunting camp, and have someone do the three, three meals. And we would probably have two guides for you. That would be what I was thinking, okay. doing a full guided thing for you to make sure that we had this optimal condition for, for four people to get birds. Yeah. As far as like the license and tags go, they're all over the counter. We can purchase all that for you and have it at camp when you arrive. Just generally, guys will just rent a car and drive over. We're about an hour from the nearest airport, and I can shoot you all that information over. Yeah. You know, if you guys decide to go forward with it, and easy drive, paved right into our house. Spokane is um, a good one. It's about three hours from Spokane. We're about an hour from Lewiston is the is the closer one, but it's a lot smaller. So I would try both airports because flying that far, you might cut a lot down if you just do Spokane and then end up driving a little bit further. And if you're hunting Washington too, that would make sense. This is why I have Spokane probably. Sure. Okay. All right. But I think that Eastern Washington Ed would be where you'd find your birds anyways. Right. Yeah. That's that's what we're shooting for is we typically will try to hunt within a two or three hour drive. You mm-hmm. know, when we hit multiple Yeah, states. and we're we're right up against I mean we're only half an hour from Washington. But, you know, depending on where at in Washington you go, we're fairly close. Like I said yeah, about three hours from Spokane, and so you should be able to should be able to get into some pretty good hunting three hours from our place. Okay, all right. And then as far as what you've got in the camp house there, do you have house cell coverage? Do you have Wi-Fi, washer dryer? I mean, what what are? Yeah, pretty much all of the above. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. There's power. It's, it's uh, we have we have Wi-Fi. Yeah, we have a little office that's beside the house. It's like 20 feet away. So if a guy needed good service, you might have to go out into the office. There's also a, a computer out there, too, that you guys are welcome to use. But okay. we have a wireless router out there that shoots out a signal throughout. It's not all the way throughout the house, but it's closed. Okay. You know? So, yeah. And there's Verizon service. I mean, we're not we're not out that far out of the, as the boondocks. we got service at the house. Yeah. All throughout the hunting ranch, it's got property. It's got service. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All these guys work for themselves. So. Oh, I get it. Trust me. Yeah. I, get, I get it. I, I'm the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I got to have service with me wherever I go, it seems like, anymore. No such thing as a vacation. 
Yeah, no, pretty much. I'm at the college just so quick because I'm leaving tomorrow for the weekend, and I'll be our draws came out today, so it's going to be a madhouse for next few days trying to get everything all lined up. So I hard yeah. to escape it, but that's part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So what draw was it? Was it elk? Elk and deer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we we don't do any draws for like turkey, bear, and that stuff. But yeah, elk and deer is a, a big day. Everybody's checking on them, so I got a lot of a lot of calls to make. And are bear tags over the counter as well in Idaho? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, they are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, right. they're all and not everywhere, but in our areas, they're all over the counter. So. Okay. All right. Let's see. I think the only thing that I haven't talked to you about is cost. And mm-hmm. I've been on a bunch of different websites, so I can't remember. And since I'm not sitting at my desk, I don't have my notes either. So what what are you <laughs> looking at cost wise? And you know, you said two on one, which would be fine mm-hmm. as far as guiding is concerned. But what where are you on cost? Yeah, we usually do three seventy five per day for the guided option. Okay. And that would be per person, you know. And that would, like I said, cover basically everything but the license and tag fees, you know, which aren't too terrible much. They're like two hundred and thirty bucks, two hundred well no, they went up ten dollars, so like two forty per person roughly. Okay. For for one tag, you know. All right. And just for reference, it's not like it's a high priority for us, but is that for one bird or is there availability for two birds in Idaho? No, you can get a second tag if you wanted. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. What we would do is most guys, because you can only harvest one per day, so most guys will just get one tag. The tags are 80 bucks a piece. They're pretty cheap. The, the most the, most of the cost there is in the license you have to buy. It's 100 and 65 for basically, and so you got 80 on top of that for the tag. And then if you get one, you can run into town that same day or something. It's like 15 minutes away, you can go buy another tag if you wanted to continue hunting. Okay. And we wouldn't charge anything for that. You know, that would just be kind of something to throw in as a as a bonus. Yeah. And like I said, that's just that's not a priority for us. You know, typically what what we've done in the past is if one of us tags out, that one will work equally as hard to get the other guy a yeah. bird in, in the pair yeah. and then you know from there if two people tag out it's very likely those two would leave and go on to washington or maybe even consider oh, we've okay. got one guy that hasn't killed in montana so gotcha. you know, we might load him up and send him on with somebody else to montana we yeah. go to washington first and, and try to get him gotcha. caught up on that state so you know we're we're this is serious for us but we have fun in everything that we do so we're always focused on what can we do to kill a bird and what can we do to to mark this state off the list and move on but we're going to have a good time doing it so you you guys have a problem with drinking a cold beer at night in camp no 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 not at all uh we we wouldn't be able to provide any sure but if you guys wanted to bring them that would be great okay all right yep no problem i like to ask because i've been places where the outfitter is not cool with that and you know i understand good to know yeah so i know i know some that they only have they will not have camp that's got beer in it or anything yeah sure. no i understand yeah and you're getting there a call from a guy. Just hang on. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'll be right back with you, okay? Okay. Just one second. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that, Andy. No problem. I promise I won't take any more calls over you. No, it's fine. <laughs> I left about 20 messages before you, I called you, and so I kind of was assuming this might happen. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's anyway. fine. And, and I think I've gotten probably as much info from you as I need, and 
can call these guys and kind of give them an yeah. update. And, and you can give them my number, you know, if you if they need uh, any information, too. I'm not afraid to talk. I, like I said, if they don't get me, just have them leave me a message because I'll be out probably through Monday yeah. for the weekend, but I'll be back, and then we can chat more if they have any questions. All right, that sounds good. And what would you require as far as deposit? Um, we just asked for 25% down, so okay. I don't know exactly what that would come out to, but maybe, you know, I guess it depends on how many days it was, but maybe like 300, well, it doesn't have to be exact, but sure. three, 400 bucks a piece, and then, and then that would hold your spots, and then we send out invoices and stuff throughout the year. We usually do like one deposit after two or three months, maybe like this winter or something, sure. and then we'll send you out a reminder for the balance about a month and a half before the hunt. Try to have that paid up, you know, about a month prior to the hunt. That way we're not having to deal with all that, you know, once the hunts get started stuff. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then I'll just get everybody's information. Usually over the phone, I'll have to talk to everybody, get their information for the license tag stuff, and we'll just have to pick all that up for you. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, if I think of anything else, I'll buzz you back, but I think that's probably giving me enough info to be able to talk to them. I hope that you guys enjoyed that interview and gleaned a little insight on what I want to know from an outfitter and what I want to know when I make these initial calls to outfitters. I believe I've already weeded out a couple of outfitters from my list. One of them, because their price is out of the range that I'm willing to pay for a turkey that has a first name that is not Osceola or Goulds or Oscillated. Yes, turkeys that have those first names, I'm willing to pay the kind of money that this outfitter wants to hunt Miriam's turkeys. But I'm not willing to pay that to kill a Miriam's turkey. And I've weeded out another one because they don't seem to have the amount of property available for us to hunt. But I did like everything else that they had to say. So the problem is, on flat ground, I can hunt several hundred acres in an hour if I hump it, which most of you guys who listen to the show regularly know I don't like to go out and hump it. I like slow and easy most times of the year when I'm chasing turkeys. With four sets of boots on the ground, we'll have several hundred acres of property, even mountainous property, covered in a couple of hours. Imagine how scared to death the turkeys on that property will be with four of us harassing them for three days. A several hundred acre tract is not going to work for my group because we're not going to sit in blinds and wait. So that outfitter is out. By the way, they have more property that they can hunt, but that other property will be filled with bear hunters. And since it is bear season, and that is their focus, bears take priority. The bear hunters get the larger tracts of property. Now, I get it. I can respect that. I appreciate their honesty and upfrontitude with me. Yes, that is the Turkey Hunter Podcast word of the day. Upfrontitude. Feel free to use it without fear of legal repercussions from my bulldog team of attorneys. Okay, back to business and all joking aside for a few seconds. I would put that outfitter that offered to put us on the smaller parcel of land on my short list for bear, deer, or elk because of their being upfront and honest with me. They have earned my respect. So, 
I've made some preliminary calls to outfitters this week. I've narrowed down my list to a couple who made the first cut. I still have a handful of those preliminary calls to make. And I'm waiting to hear back from one or two of the outfitters that I've called and left messages with. And that has now been about three days ago that I called. And I'm still waiting. And if I have to wait much longer, they'll be cut from the list. But I'm making progress. And that's the name of the game. My goal is to have a short list of three or four outfitters to choose from in Idaho and turn that list over to Chip to let him call and chat with them as well. Now from there, we will compare notes and have a group call very similar to what we did last year when we were planning our trip to Arizona and Utah. And we'll continue to make decisions from there. And eventually, I hope over the next month, we'll have our outfitters picked out, our deposits paid, and our trips booked. Okay, so I mentioned my list of 45 questions to ask an outfitter. If you want that list of questions from me to use for your own reference, then text me. Text the word OUTFITTER, O-U-T-F-I-T-T-E-R, to the number 44222. That's OUTFITTER to the number 44222, and I'll send you my list of 45 questions. Read through the list and let me know if there's something that you ask outfitters that I don't, or you think that you want to ask an outfitter that I don't have on the list. Email that info to me at andy at imturkeyhunting.com. Hey, I know it. I'm not perfect. I'm always looking to improve, so if you've got a doozy of a question to add to the list, then please send that to me. And don't tell my wife I admitted I'm not perfect. Please. Now you'll notice if you get my list of 45 questions to ask an outfitter that I did not ask the outfitter that I interviewed for this show every question on that list. And there's two reasons for that. First and foremost, I did not have my list of questions with me. Thanks to issues with Verizon's cellular coverage in my area over the past couple of weeks, I did not have good cell coverage in my office inside my house, which is in my basement. So I had to walk outside to take the call. And when I walked outside, I stepped away from my computer where my list of 45 questions is. So I was winging it. Now, secondly, and this is pretty obvious, Not every question is applicable in every conversation. And many times in life, and especially in interviewing, an answer to one question will answer another or several more questions that we have preliminarily prepared. That's a mouthful. That's almost as hard to say as upfrontitudity. I feel my list of 45 questions is a great tool to use to help make that decision about which outfitter to choose for turkey hunt if you decide to hunt with outfitters. And my hope is that it will help you to avoid a costly mistake in choosing the wrong outfitter. I know I have certainly made my share of mistakes in choosing the wrong outfitter over the years. And some of the questions on my list are there because of those mistakes that I've made. If I can help you guys to not make the same mistakes that I've made, then I've accomplished my goal for this episode. By the way, I have a quick update on my turkey encounter from last week for you. So I mentioned the story about the hen wild turkey that showed up in my yard last week, who happily ate some Milo that I threw out for her and hung around within 
10 to 15 feet of me. So I shared that that turkey, according to my neighbor, showed up at my neighbor's house and was hanging around the chickens that he has in his backyard. Well, the turkey disappeared that afternoon and I did not see her again. But Monday of this week, I was outside checking on things around the garden and I looked over in the neighbor's yard and I could see the turkey was back over there hanging out with his chickens. So this wild turkey that has shown up at his house is hanging out with his chickens and I have a feeling that she's probably starting to think she's more chicken than turkey. Okay, so I'm going to turn you guys loose to the world for the week now. But before I do, I have one favor to ask of you this week. If you have never left a review for this show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or Google Play Music or Podbean or any other podcast player app that you use, then please take a couple of minutes to leave a five-star rating and a review. If you think that Cameron and I have earned it, you know, I always read the reviews that you guys leave and I'm extremely appreciative of your kind words and the time that you take to help the show that tries very hard to help you have more successful turkey hunts. Okay, so that's all that I've got for you guys this week. I know that you have choices, and I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week and an awesome 4th of July. Happy birthday, Marika. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.